You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 17. The prosecution rests. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast. Episode, uh, coming in uh, for our 17th episode. Um, we thought we'd do things a little bit differently this episode, and we would uh, reintroduce ourselves since it's been a while since we've told you why you should care about what we say. <laughs> I'm Jim Purcell. Uh, I'm a, I've been a Savage Dragon fan since 2001. Uh, Eric Larson fan since about the same time. I'm Raven Perez. Uh, I co-run the DragonFan.net website, and I... Uh, found Savage Dragon was my first Eric Larson exposure, so, you know, screw all that Spider-Man noise. Spider-who? <laughs> Spider-what? I love old Spider-Man. I'm Craig Olson, and uh, I caught the Larson bug probably, I think it was the summer of 1990, issue 336 of Amazing Spider-Man was really the first time I kind of really took notice of a comic book artist and it just uh, took me by storm. That's 23 years ago, so old I'm still here. Man. Yeah, I'm an old man. I left comics for a while and came back. Uh, I think I collected Savage Dragon through maybe issue 13. Came back in around issue 75, I think. And uh, it's just been a nonstop love affair. I uh, <laughs> help uh, Raven over here with DragonFan.net. Done the Savage Dragon wiki with uh the savage dragon editor gavin higginbotham that'll never sound right yeah no i'm kidding and i'm uh proud and pleased to uh join this little fincast it's a lot of fun yeah always good to help spread the word about the best damn comic in comic books so there you go. And uh, usually uh, Adam Pruitt joins us, but he can't make it today. Um, he'll be missed. The little bird says he should be rip. Back, right? Did you say rip? I said rip. <laughs> <laughs> so shall we move on to uh, Eric Larson News? Let's move along. I think we've got some awesome stuff this time. I uh, wanted to let everybody know that uh, the cover and solicitation for Savage Dragon 189 dropped. The uh, exciting, we're barreling towards 200. The countdown to the single biggest change in Savage Dragon history starts here. The dragon is in jail, but is he locked up with his greatest enemies, or are they locked up with him? Find out in the cage. (laughs) I love it. Well well said. Very exciting. You get to see uh, dragon and fan favorite Mako the Shark Man. No, no, no. Wrong one. What? That's, that, that, that's the cover for issue 190. That is. So the cover for 189. Hold on. I'm testing the old memory bank. It's a dragon being silhouette. stared down by a bunch of silhouettes. Shadows of prisoners. Right. Okay. Sorry, folks. Didn't mean to lie to you. 
189. I love that too. <laughs> they're all in that their little orange uh, prison jumpsuits. Mm-hmm. I can't. It looks help, like it's gonna. I can't help but think of Andy Dufresne. <laughs> all I know is that uh, you know you put a bunch of guys in prison. Prison sucks anyway. It's probably not gonna be that. It's probably not gonna help it. Everyone there hates you. Yeah, I think I'm pretty no, excited. Everyone in prison hates you anyway. Just imagine the extra level of hate. Dragon ain't getting his cornbread. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, he also released the cover for Savage Dragon 190. I mistakenly described earlier. It's Dragon and Mako both in their prison jumpsuits having a brawl. So I don't think that uh, our hero is in for a good time. What I find interesting about this cover is last time we see Mako, which I believe is the issue we're about to talk about, he's not in prison. <laughs> so at some point in the next few months, he must be going to prison. Unless it's a decision Oh, yeah, cover. that's true. Library yeah. book fee, I'm guessing. Yeah. And I wonder how he, who pulls him into prison. Well, he's Mako. Right. Would, would Dragon not? Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. Because like you said, we're talking about 185 this episode, and he's in the episode at the freakout post, so. Yeah. Library? Interesting. Good point. I'm telling you. Maybe it's a breakout. <laughs> Break in. Dragon covers are not known to be honest. No. So, could be anything. Well, then it either means one or the other. Then it means Dragon's not in jail. I see. Anything yeah, but they're both wearing prison jumpsuits, so... I think we're to assume mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's in jail. They're probably in space. Yeah. You know what? Alternate reality. The alternate reality, they're in like a Walking Dead sort of a thing. <laughs> they're they're you know trying to just wait in the prison until the zombie apocalypse blows over. It's probably you're probably right. Yeah, that's it. That's the most likely scenario given the popularity of Walking Dead. Who wouldn't want to cash in on that? <laughs> so uh, moving on, we have an uh, actually a pretty big piece of news. Uh, well, it may or may not be big, but. Uh, er Eric has begun talking about um, switching Savage Dragon's lettering from uh, hand lettering to digital. Um, he pointed out that uh, hand lettering was adding a significant uh, time to the production schedule of Savage Dragon. It was uh, one of those things that where he has to ship inked, fully inked pages to a letterer who then write, draws the letters directly on the art and then have it mailed back to him. And it was just adding so much time, turnaround time per page, that it was actually actively leading to late uh, missed deadlines. So he's, for practicality reasons, to keep Savage Dragon on a monthly schedule, he's uh, suspending the use of hand lettering um, at the moment. Well, it's compounded. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I think he was just talking about that. I think the reason why he's suspending it now was because Tom Orzachowski was was uh, booked, booked up. up. I guess he's doing digital lettering. Right, but I don't that, think he really does any point. other hand lettering. That seems to me as more of an excuse to do it now as opposed to at some other point. It's just that right now is just a good time to make a clean break because yeah. his regular letter isn't available. So he's doing it now, but he's known for a while that it's been causing delays over time. He's just been finding a good place to make the transition. Yeah. So, you think about that process, I mean, um, 
you know, if you digitally letter a page, you can bang it out and have it look pretty darn good in honest to goodness five to ten minutes. Right. Hand lettering is not a five to ten minute endeavor if you want it to look good. Right. And well, so, I'm sure it takes more than literally five to ten minutes to make it look good, but I get what you're saying. You'd be amazed. I mean, there's well, so it, much variety I, of font. You can do a lot. I got to imagine that it costs a lot more to have someone hand letter something. Well, that and the shipping costs because those things aren't light and you got to mail 22 of them or 20, I guess. But just – I mean I mean, you, you look at a piece of original art with like hand lettering and hand sound effects and all of – well. You know the the lines that you have to draw in to you know properly space all your lettering and everything. Right. It's a yeah. tedious tedious job, and I can understand why people aren't into doing it anymore. Well, even though it looks way better, but you bring up sound effects, and I find and, and at at first I thought it wasn't going to be a really significant change because the lettering is all very tight and neat anyway. So get a font, you're good to go. You shouldn't notice a difference. But then I thought about the fact that all the sound effects are done by the letterer, and if I remember correctly, Supreme use digital lettering and digital sound effects and i believe i made note of it in a previous episode that the sound effects were noticeably simpler than what we saw in savage dragon yeah they just look stiffer too yeah, i mean they don't stiffer there's less di- di- dynamicness to them that sort of thing mm-hmm. it just looks I'm, like a letter kind of pasted i'm, I'm kind of hoping that what's going to happen is that eric is going to start doing his own sound effect lettering i mean that's I good so it's it's good, but I mean, a good letterer like John Workman or something can make, or Chris Eliopoulos, you look at his sound effects, and it's hard to reproduce those kind of sound effects. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm sure Eric can draw a sound effect if he wanted to, but yeah, I mean, it's still the skill of actually making it look really awesome. Right. There's there's definitely um, a skill difference there. Um, like Jim said, I mean, digital fonts for dialogue, perfect. I mean, it's, well, okay, you know what? Not perfect. If you ever read a really good hand-lettered book, you know that even there, there's still a difference. But like you said, with Dragon, they don't do a lot of stuff like uh, Spawn or, say, Empowered, where the uh, dialogue font is, like, super expressive. Yeah, and it's, yeah. like, um, integral to the artwork in a lot of respects in, that, in those cases. Exactly, but you are a hundred. I hundred percent agree. In the realm of sound effects, um, I don't think fonts are have caught up. Um, maybe it's they'll funny, get there. It's funny though you say that the you know expressiveness of like the fonts. If you uh, look at some of the clause dialogue now, you know villain that's going to be coming up. It was a preview for one eighty six, but his font is totally expressive. It's a totally different looking good point. font. So I wonder how that's gonna. If Eric's going to hand letter that or what, how that works, or if, if he's using Man, something modeled so. after a digital font, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. It is a big yeah. change, I think, because uh, the hand lettering is definitely part of the aesthetic. Yeah. And uh, Jim, you didn't mention, but Chris Eliopoulos will be doing the digital lettering, I guess, at least for 186. Right. Uh, he's a yeah. He's, I didn't. He did the supreme lettering too. So yeah, I, and he was the original hand letterer for. So I don't. Well, I don't know if he was original, but he was the longest running hand letterer. For, right. I, I can't remember if he did the right. earliest issues, but he definitely was there forever. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that really means going forward. But it is going to be an interesting transition, I'm sure. Um, hopefully, it means issues out monthly, but. Savage Dragon. 
right. <laughs> I think that uh, I think it'll help. I think it'll help a lot. Like you already said, think of the time involved through just the mail. I mean, all you got to do is email. It's instantaneous. I mean, yeah. And yeah, I'm no. I'm telling you, on a page with no sound effects, I mean, you know, because we know it's Dragon. There's pages where it's pure dialogue, no sound effects. On a page with pure sound, of, I mean, pure dialogue, you can blaze through that like so quick. It's so good. <laughs> so I don't know. It'll help a lot. Think about how much it would have helped on this issue we're about to review. Oh yeah. I mean, that was dialogue heavy. Most of it dialogue. Bam! You could right. blaze through it. Right. It's a good thing. I think it's as good, you know, it's a change, but I think in the long run, it'll really help. Yeah. It's it's just, it's hard to see because, I mean, what other American monthly comic is hand-lettered anymore? It's like, the only, you know, only ones I can think of, I don't even know anymore. Is some of them were, some of, is was Bone hand-lettered by the? Probably. Yeah, um, I, I can't say for certain. It's like it's so hard to tell these days. Oh, you know what? What I, bone I remember actually was a combination of a font based on his handwriting, and he would also do some hand lettering when it when he needed that extra level of yeah. expressiveness. That makes sense. And I, what's what's his hand- new comic? I wonder. Is, well, is he, doing? he did Razzle. That's ended. Yeah, the year is that now. done? Oh, oh yeah, that's done. That was it was a pretty good series. I I can't tell you if it was hand lettered or not. There's other there's other series that I suspect are hand lettered like Yusagi Yojimbo, Yo, Yusagi but I can't confirm nor deny that. I think maybe. Do you think Brandon Graham hand letters? Uh, Looks but like he's not. Oh, oh oh yeah, yeah. He definitely. I well I say definitely, but I wouldn't bet dollars to donuts that he hand letters uh, his uh, King City and multiple warheads and because the the stuff the amount of stuff he just puts into yeah. his artwork it just suggests that he's got to be doing the whole thing. Yeah, but that's also not like a traditional comic. I mean, there's not many traditional lettering, you know. Monthly, you mean. Yeah, or even in general at all. Like, I just don't see it. It's sad. Or, like, especially superhero comics. Well. Empowered has a lot of it. Yeah, it's not monthly, though. No, no, but sometimes if you want to see a really good example of somebody who's still – uh, making a lot with his hand lettering. I mean, I, sometimes you can even still see the line work where he's done like the little aims guide to keep it straight. Right. Yeah. Because so he does everything in that sketch style. Yep. It's a like a scan pencil. It looks like. Yeah. It's real good. Check it out for. But, I mean, you want to see. In most cases, it's the artists that are lettering it. There's no more specialized letterers really doing you hand want... lettering anymore. I don't They're know. All... I think that sort of undersells digital letters. I think there's still skill involved there, but it's just different. I, I guess. Say, I don't know. I would say, I mean, I hope I'm not stepping on anyone's toes. I don't mean to, but I went from hand lettering my stuff to like digital fonts, and it is so much easier. It's ridiculous. You know, read Johnny the Homicidal Maniac if you want to see some bad hand lettering. Yeah. I mean, bad hand lettering can really make a book hard to read. You know, so just fonts really have helped a lot with getting rid of that, but like a really good hand letterer, it's a crazy skill. <laughs> right. Yeah. Whereas anybody can grab up a font and, you know, make it look decent. Yeah, but a lot of Which, your really uh, a lot of your really good digital letterers make their own fonts. I would agree. Totally. <laughs> Adam Pruitt's probably listening to us talk right now and throwing stuff at his computer, like screaming <laughs> at the top of his lungs. It is but, a skill. Well, 
I'm sure he'll have – I know he wants to talk about lettering the next episode, so um, maybe we can talk in depth about the Savage Dragon letters next episode. Yeah, we should probably uh, pick his brain about this because I mean, yeah. he is – I know I know he said he wanted to talk about it, so maybe we could do that next episode. Heck yeah. Okay. All right, so the next news item is uh, apparently there's a big change uh, in Savage Dragon is going to happen starting with issue 193. Um, Eric's uh, hinted that a big change will be happening, um, and he tweeted the following. He said, certain issue numbers trigger an emotional response from me. 193 calls to mind Jack Kirby's return to Marvel and Captain America. 193 also brings to mind Herb Trimpe's last issue as the regular pencil penciler of the Incredible Hulk. 193 is a time of change. A huge change in direction will take place with Savage Dragon 193 as well. Not a new creative team, of course, but a change nonetheless. And then um, that was a series of tweets he posted. And then um, one of his followers asked if it would be a good jumping on point, And Eric said, the best jumping on point since the first issue. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> well, that's uh, vague. So it is, and it makes you think. You know, you know, is someone gonna die? Is, is, is... what again? I, I honestly, it's so. He's done so many of those things in the past, and the way it sounds is that it's probably not gonna be a retread. So I wouldn't put any money on anyone dying, or returns, or blowing up planets. It just I think I think we're gonna be surprised on whatever it is because it's just just a feeling. What do you think? I mean, a huge change in direction. Is it gonna become a team book or something? That's not a bad thought. I mean, that that's. Hmm. I don't like know. the vicious circle becoming good guys under powerhouse and. Maybe uh, it'll just be about the vicious. Well, you know, maybe. Well, I don't see that happening. Well, you got to think. It's seven issues from two hundred, and uh, whatever it is. I mean, you know, he's he's kind of a numbers guy with his issues, so he's not going to not have something big for 200 as well. That's true. So you got to wonder how big this big change really can be with seven issues to play with. Yeah. One other thing, the thing about his uh, nostalgia about issue 193, on one hand it's kind of cool because he's, he, he, he really resonates with these, these milestones of his youth. But at the same time, it almost feels like he's missing opportunities to create his own milestones. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's such a personal book. It's kind of yeah. fun that there are those like, um, well, you know, I mean, anybody that's read his stuff knows he's always doing comparisons to other long-running series. So I guess he can't help but look at things he's passing by. Right, right. I don't know. I'm guessing. <laughs> and it's really up to the reader to decide what a milestone is. I mean, if you don't like, if a story falls flat, it's not going to be a milestone. If Ooh, it's... Maybe Angel will become the main character for a while. That would be awesome. <laughs> you know what? The She Dragon was a, the main character for a while. That's Anything what I'm can thinking. happen. I'm predicting you that. S- you can do your team idea with. Well, it, it'll be all about Angel Dragon and the SOS. I'm predicting that. Flash Mercury and Powerhouse finally succeed in making the Vicious Circle kind of a tool for good. A threat for And Malcolm joins the Vicious Circle and becomes a team book with what? all those young guys. I could see that happening. 
If that happens, that'll blow my mind. I briefly had this wonderful idea that Overlord was going to reform Freak Force and Malcolm and Angel were going to be part of it. But that didn't. There you go. Oh, you know what? I am going to go ahead and go out on a limb since you guys are and say I believe the book will shift its focus to the little wise guys. <laughs> yeah, that'll <laughs> happen. Well, the one died and I've been worried about them ever since. But they replaced it with... Uh... What's his you name? You know, is he really the same? No, I think it's going to turn into a religious book and follow the Church of Savage Dragon. Uh, <laughs> Pull a Dave Sim on us all. <laughs> you know what? I hope not. <laughs> so, uh, moving on. It would appear that uh, Cardiac is appearing in appearing appearing in Superior Spider-Man. Uh, Cardiac is uh, for those of you who are uninformed, the Spider-Man villain co-created and designed by Eric Larson. He will be making a major return to the Marvel Universe in issue eight of Superior Spider-Man. Artist Humberto Ramos recently posted the cover and tweeted, "Unsuccessfully trying to fill Eric Larson's huge shoes." That's a so, nice little shout-out to Eric. As a, it's also yeah, cool. kind of scary that Umberto knows his shoes size. <laughs> well, Ramos does draw very big feet. Oh, he does. Yeah, he would know about filling big shoes, wouldn't he? And it's cool because cause Eric is a big fan of Ramos, too. I know he's said that in the past. So it's cool that he's the guy kind of drawing Cardiac. And I saw I don't know if you guys saw the cover, but his version of Cardiac looks pretty neat. I saw shoulder pads. I saw those. Yeah, not as huge as the ones from uh, the 90s, but... He does look cool, though. It's a really, like, uh, given all the, like, new redesigns, you know, with the new 52 and all that garbage, you know, he's kind of got a really cool look. I think it's those those, uh, EKG blips that really give that unique look. Makes it it really recognizable. I like his little staff, and I like that little jet thing that he connects his staff to and can fly away. He's he's uh, he's neat. <laughs> I was surprised that they didn't use him more. You know, it's like I feel like with Spider-Man, it's always the same five villains over and over and over again. It is. Um, all of those characters start with like just a freak of the week. They're beating on a new guy all the time, and then over the course of seventy years, everyone picks six they like, and they just don't get away from it. Green yeah. Goblin, other Green Goblin, the Rhino. <laughs> Hobgoblin, Chameleon, Electro, Mysterio. Whoever was in the original Sinister Six. Exactly, yeah. Very well said. So it is cool, and I don't know, like, just the extra little bit of tid for folks. Cardiac is a character that Larson said he sometimes, you know, wished he'd maybe drawn a crappier one (laughs) instead. So he liked that character, and then they never used it. So it is cool to see this character coming back. I don't know what's going yeah. on in Spider-Man right now. I know Doc Ock and Spider-Man are like the same guy. Mm-hmm. I, I worry that Cardiac may not be long for this world or something ridiculous. Oh, uh, well. Oh, well. It's not like <laughs> he's bring him back to life eventually. Yeah. And then soon Doc Ock and Peter Parker will get separated and everything will go back the way it was. And it's like it never happened and it makes no difference. Yeah. And people wonder why I say comics that matter. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Hot shot. Pow. So, um, we're gonna um, want to talk to you. 
the audience really quick about a new little feature that we're going to be do- running, hopefully from as a regular thing. Uh, we're going to try to stump you guys with Savage Dragon Trivia. Uh, we're going to throw very, various questions out there, and if you want to email us your answers uh, to savagefincast at gmail.com, um, we will uh, post uh, the name of the first person who gets it right. If or read it, read it on our next episode, or, or read read the whole letter and the, or read the whole email on our next episode, or something like that. We'll sing your praises, and you know it's me, so I might actually sing if I'm in that episode. <laughs> it's just a way to get you guys more involved in the show. I think it will be good. No, it's cool. We like that you listen, and a lot of the times we have little message board, you know, interactions afterwards, and this and is I, a good way to get that direct interaction. And I have to say, last episode we got the biggest turnout of comments that we've had yet so that was really cool so we want to hear more from the people listening uh you know in general things you want us to talk about uh trivia you want us to bring up that sort of thing so don't be afraid to shoot us an email about anything just throwing that out there cool so trivia question of the week is the question is besides eric what other artist or artists, there are possibly more than one, has had art printed in the main Savage Dragon feature of the ongoing comic? We are not counting covers or backups. I find this question interesting because I, had, I, I personally did not think that anyone else had ever contributed pencils to Savage Dragon. I find uh, I, I don't even know the answer to this one, so I'm actually I kind too. Of curious. I too was completely like surprised that that was even the question. Had no clue. Well, Adam Pruitt posed this question to us, and we talked a little behind the scenes. And I didn't. I think there's at least two. One I didn't know about, and Adam told me. And then the second one I had a feeling about, and it's not confirmed, but I am pretty sure that somebody else. It's someone else's pencils. And we'll confer more with Adam and possibly Eric before next episode to make sure um, we're giving you guys the right answer. So if you if you think you know the answer, shoot us an email again at savagefincast at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you have any trivia questions that you'd like us to answer, don't be afraid to uh, send them our way as well because uh, we like being confused all the time. We will not use our internet as we buffoonishly guess at your answer <laughs> i don't think anybody's gonna get this one it's i'm gonna say on a scale of one to five fins five being the hardest this is five fins i don't know i mean don't forget gavin's out there he doesn't count yeah, gavin doesn't count gavin, <laughs> yeah. way way yeah he's a savage dragon editor now i mean sorry sorry employees of savage dragon paid or not are not allowed to enter this contest. Yeah, that's it. You you just don't get to participate, son. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, let's get into at least uh, half of our uh, meat of uh, meaty portion of this episode. Uh, mm. Our discussion of uh, Easter eggs in Savage Dragon, and I want to uh, thank. Um, person that goes by the name of caesar the scribe from the savage uh dragon message board eric larson message board uh recently we posted uh uh he posted actually uh uh 
on the forums asking what we want, what other people want to hear on the the Savage Fincast, and he got a discussion going, and we got a good turnout of people giving us suggestions of what they wanted to hear. And one of his uh, suggestions was a discussion on Easter eggs, which I thought was a brilliant idea. We've hit on it, you know, uh, here and there on different episodes, um, but. I think it would be kind of cool to talk about it and go through some of this stuff and get a little dialogue going. It's so also somewhat timely. Yeah, yeah, we got the Easter yeah, holiday, uh, Easter week, eggs. We're only a week after Easter. Yep, timely. I'm still eating the candy out of mine. <laughs> there you go. Just saying. Yeah. Still lots of Easter eggs out there. No one has to know that it's not Easter right now. We're recording exactly. this at Easter. It's Easter right now. It's Easter morning. There is a rabbit outside. Around, we're sitting around with our baskets and fake grass all over the place and <laughs> Open the dog eating hollow bunnies. Anyway, so Easter eggs in Savage Dragon. I don't know of any comic that has as many Easter eggs as Savage Dragon. And to go over some of the, the major ones, like I said, we talked about them on, on uh, past episodes. But the major Easter eggs in Savage Dragon is you got – Boom Pow Tacos, mm-hmm. which we've talked about that, and it's not only Savage Dragon. I think it's like everything that that Eric pretty much works on has got some kind of ad or sign for a store for Boom Pow Tacos. Not every not every issue, but they're sprinkled throughout, and I don't really know the backstory to that one. I mean, that's probably a question for Eric. It's probably doesn't mean anything, but <laughs> if you're reading uh, an Eric Larson comic. Keep your eyes peeled for Boom Pow Tacos. I think if you've ever eaten a taco, there's a boom or a pow <laughs> at some point in your um, life. If you guys are interested in you know, newcomers or any you know, for listeners, no idea what this is. I did a quick search and I found at least issue 38 has one. Uh, and I know issue 142, there's a Subway ad like in the Subway train for Boom Pow Tacos. There's a ton more. I did a real quick search, and I found those two right off the bat. Um, one of the biggest Easter eggs, probably the biggest Easter egg in Savage Dragon, is uh, John Day. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about him a mess of times, and I know we've actually talked to Eric about it, and you guys are going to have to remind me because my memory's shot. But I believe John Day, is, he's an acquaintance of Eric's that was at, like, went to the same comic shop as Eric and way back in the day he asked Eric to put him in a comic. Mm-hmm. This is like I believe pre-Savage Dragon. And ever since then Eric's pretty much put him in every issue of every so, comic he's drawn. So be careful what you wish for, kids. It just might come true. <laughs> and you you can see John Day pretty much clearly in every issue. He's uh, he's got glasses, he's bald on top with hair, you know above his ears kind of like the hulk hogan hair style mm-hmm. he's got that that uh i don't know he's just he's in every episode he's got a he's got a mustache right yeah yeah he's got a mustache yeah. and glasses and he's bald that's generally yeah, yeah, yeah. how you pick him out of a background he's, crowd he's the waldo of the book and uh, you, even like when, i said go ahead sorry no no i was just gonna say even when there's like very little opportunity for him to be there like in issue zero, the uh, origin, you know, John's in it. So he's the only human yeah. in the book. <laughs> yeah, issue zero, he's getting dissected or whatever. But um, yeah, he's he's uh, he's there. If you uh, 
want to see all the episodes, all the issues he's in and get a good look at him, if you don't know who we're talking about, you probably do. But if you go to the Savage Dragon Wiki, savagedragonwiki.wikispaces.com, he's uh, he's there. His entry's there. So, And he's, like I said, in every episode. So you'll find him, and he's a lot of times getting killed and just always coming back. <laughs> uh, Real quick question about John Day. Was yeah. he ever is he ever called John Day in the comic or is that just the name we all know him by? I don't think he's ever called that in the comic, but I don't know. I, I don't think he is. I don't think he's even had a speaking part, has he? No, never. Uh, I, I don't, don't think so. so. I mean, he's been a cop at one point. He's you know, like you say, he was dissected or was in the alien spaceship on issue zero. He's always in the background. He's always getting killed, but I don't think he ever really talks or has ever said anything. A lot of times he's just barely a scribble, but you can make it out by the glasses and mustache. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the next kind of major uh, uh, Easter egg is Guy and Duder, which is uh, a cartoon series, I guess, in the Savage Dragon universe, kind of like an Itchy and Scratchy or a Beavis and Butthead type series. You always uh, catch him catch him on TV in the backgrounds of Savage Dragon. Um, not really in every episode at all, but or every issue at all, but there are, there are quite a few issues, and they've shown up uh, as uh, issue 23. There's a comic strip on a bulletin board in the police station with Guy and Duder. Issue 28, they're on TV. I think they're, like, murdering Charlie Brown in one of the, <laughs> one of the TV uh, shots. Uh Issue 34, Frank Jr.'s dolls are Guy and Duder. Um, <laughs> you know, 39, I think they're on TV again. And there's a ton more. I didn't go through them all, but uh, they're also on the, the Savage Dragon wiki. You can see the ent- entry for Guy and Duder. There's, like, at least, I want to say, like, 20 different issues that they're in. Just like John Day, like you described, um, often the Guy and Duder, you know, they're little more than – just a tiny scribble on the page. They look like Terrence and Philip from South Park. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. They're really simple in appearance, but you know, like the minute you see them, and they're, you know, like Craig said, they're tucked away. You know, they're recurring enough that they're, you know, significant. Right, right. Um, <laughs> this one's a little rarer, and I don't really even know how many issues this appears in, but there's a toilet paper ad that's on newspapers <laughs> sprinkled throughout Savage Dragon and at least in one place it, the ad says when you really got to poop and it's got like two rolls of toilet paper i know the ad shows it pretty clearly in issue 29 on newspaper and then uh issue 182 recently adam pointed out it was on the back of uh, another newspaper and you just kind of saw the two, two rolls stacked the same way with a scribble it didn't really say when you really got to poop but i know <laughs> that it's there's been a few issues where that's appeared and that's kind of just funny how Eric thinks, Oh, I'm just going to put this, you know, draw this little thing in. But, um, the funny thing is I spent like a chunk of time looking for the appearance of that ad. And it's amazing in Savage Dragon, how many panels there are of like newspaper flying around in the street. Like, it's just a lot of newspaper trash in Chicago, like in any city, <laughs> you know. And it, it's funny when you think about it, like 50 years from now, 
when people read Savage Dragon and there's no such thing as newspapers anymore, everything's on iPads or whatever. Are people going to understand why there's all this like flying newspaper all around? <laughs> but I'm serious. Look, look through issues of Savage Dragon. There's a lot of scenes, you know, a lot of battles out in the street and tons of newspaper flying around everywhere. It's pretty cool, actually. I like it. But, it's a good um, random. Uh, it's like the city equivalent of a tumbleweed. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. good. It's a good street trash. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's pretty cool. But yeah, look for the toilet paper ad called "When You Really Got to Poop." <laughs> um, and then uh, a couple of little things. This kind of one is unofficial characters, which are strewn throughout the book, and I'll go through this in detail. I was gonna whip through all the issues really fast promise i won't take a lot of time but the one thing is superman references you really can't call them unofficial in a way because you had the superman savage dragon crossover and to this day there's still references to superman and and their interaction because of that and uh i think right after that crossover happened between dc and image and uh and I don't remember if it was in the image book or the DC book. Superman gives Angel his cape, and then is you know she's running around with his cape in the pages of Savage Dragon. Um, and then in this new issue that we're going to talk about um, for this episode, issue 185, there's still references to Superman directly. So we'll talk about that more when we talk about 185. Um, and then uh, for unofficial characters. There's no other book that's had more unofficial characters than Savage Dragon. And I'm going to go through them <laughs> real quick and I'll talk about some of the ones that I think are kind of funny. And I'll just breeze through the ones that are just kind of background real quick cameos. But issue three has got Homer and Ned Flanders, which is hilarious. I think it shows like uh, Homer talking to Ned Flanders and or Ned Flanders saying to Homer, Simpson, I see your doodle. And it's just like <laughs> Homer saying, shut up, Flanders. It's just like weird. But, well, they were like humanoid. They, this wasn't like on a TV or something. This is just no. They were on TV. They're oh, on TV. okay. And the funny <laughs> thing about that is, you think about it, it was an issue three of Savage Dragon, so that was like twenty years ago, you know. And and the Simpsons are still on TV too, so that's cool. <laughs> um. So all right, breezing through them. Issue four, unofficial appearance of the Thing. Twenty one, Jimmy Olsen. Twenty four, Thing and Wolverine. Issue 25, Batman. Issue 26, Spider-Man and the Thing. Issue oh, 39. That, that, that Batman appearance was pretty blatant, right? You, you, like, you saw his entire backside? Because he's like at a bar, right? I think so. I don't I, I don't remember all of them. I remember that. I, th- I thought that Batman appearance happened during Gang War. And yeah. He was well, hanging out at one of the it. freak bars for some reason. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, uh, oh, you know what happened? If I remember correctly... That was after What's Chicago that? Bull got killed, and they were feeding him to Batman. Oh, <laughs> right, right. And <laughs> I do remember that now. It's awesome. You just see like Chicago Bull's head like on a mounted wall. on the yeah. wall, and and Batman's like commenting on the burgers being good or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good <laughs> one. I, I I can't believe I missed that talking about that one. That is a really good one. Um, so going along, thirty nine's got Susan Storm. 41 is a huge one and is way too many guys to count, but 
That's the um, wedding issue, right? Bar- Barbaric and Ricochet's wedding. You got a lot of like the characters that Larson worked on back in the day. DNA agents, Megaton, Big Bang guys, Fem Force. Uh, then you got Vampirella, Flame and Carrot, E-Man, Wildcats, Angel and the Ape. Tons of unofficial Marvel and DC characters, Ninja Turtles. Pretty much every indie character. I think Angel and the Ape, but I, I guess I said that already. Uh, Hellboy. I don't know. Just it's just too many to go over here. But that it's issue. Awesome. It, I, I don't think those yeah. ones were unofficial though, because they're all pretty visible. Yeah, the 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 indie guys I think aren't unofficial. I think they all you know Eric's friends with all those guys anyway. I think you know you start to see the Marvel and DC guys way in the background or just like pieces of arms or something like that. But well, I remember uh, distinctly like uh, the Batman and Robin. It was like the top of Batman's head and like the top of Robin. And yeah, so you couldn't like, see Batman's ears, but you could just see like his nose piece and his eyes. Yeah, it was a clever cropping because like you knew who you were looking at, but because of the cropping, yeah. it really could have been anyone too. Yeah, right, right, right. And then and you Eric's, see... Eric's actually really good at the cropping thing, where he wants to suggest what you're looking at, <laughs> know exactly what you're looking at, but at the same time, it really could be anyone. Wink, right, wink. Right, right. <laughs> nudge, nudge. And then, like, he had, like, squiggles in the background. If you, like, squinted your eyes, you could see, like, the Sinister Six and, like, I don't know, Wizard of Oz guys or something. <laughs> I didn't uh, know that, actually. Yeah. Um, issue 51, Clark Kent. 53, Batman again. 54, Thor. I think Thor shows up a lot when the gods shows up, just as kind of like a wink-wink in the background. Uh, and I'm talking about Marvel's version of Thor, not Eric's version. Um 59s Aquaman, Nova, Spider-Man, Thing, and Wolverine. 60s Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Thing, and Thor. 61's a great one. It's Beavis and Butthead, and they're in the new Nazi party with brainy apes controlling all these like Nazi uh, youth kids or whatever. Oh yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, and and Beavis and Butthead are actually pretty well drawn. Like it's definitely clear it's them. There's nothing to do with cropping or anything. It's blatant. That's kind of funny. Uh, 65 is a good one. It's, uh, what's, uh, what's the name of the guy that controlled everyone with their mind? Like the professor, uh, Oh, um, I know what you mean. Uh, <sighs> did he get his decapitated? Yeah. Okay. Is Solomon Kane? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean the same guy from like Eric's old comics, but he's controlling all these heroes to fight a uh, dragon. And there's totally a clear shot of, Captain America and Super Patriot punching out Dragon. Uh, and, I mean, there's no cropping at all. I mean, it's definitely... You see the back of Captain America, but it's definitely Captain America. And then there's another shot with all these hands punching Dragon. And it's oh, like yeah. Spider-Man's hand and Thing and Thor and Superman. I think Doctor Doom. What issue is this? Issue 65. Okay. My bad. He is Simon Kane. Simon Kane, yeah, oh, the, you're the right. Guy, the mind control guy, right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So that's a real fun episode, a real fun issue. Yeah, actually, I have that one. It's like one of the the random issues I have in that period I have floating around. Yeah, it's it's a good one. That was when Dragon was uh, in, um, oh crap, what's his name's body? Rita's boyfriend. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, Rita's boyfriend. <laughs> Star, you know, the guy. Beard. Uh, John's, uh, uh, John, what's his name, Johnson. Yeah. How can we? How are we all blanking on his name? 
I don't know. I'm embarrassed. I know someone's going to write on the boards. I can't believe you forgot his name. <laughs> and that's how they'll sound. <laughs> can't believe. Uh, William Johnson. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that was yeah, that I was mean, back when uh, She-Dragon was had the title credit. Savage Dragon Wiki, God bless you. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that out loud. You just knew that. Well, I meant that's what I called my brain. Um... Moving on, uh, 87, uh, Dragon hitches a ride with the fabulous furry freak brothers. That's a cool oh, yeah. episode. Isn't that Little Orphan Annie in that Issue. one too, kind of? Yeah. Yeah, I'll grow uh, up. Very much a Little Orphan Annie. Issue uh, 76, Commandy, which is really cool. A little blonde kid in blue shorts. Definitely, you know, know it's Commandy. Um, issue 82, I really like. Um it's Johnny Storm versus Peter Parker, and Johnny Storm is drawn very Jack Kirby-ish, and it's it's basically two teenagers fighting. It's when when Savage Dragon was in Australia um, during the whole Savage World issue, and he breaks up these two kids beating the crap out of each other, and it's so obvious that it's Johnny Storm. He's dressed in all blue, kind of, and Peter Parker's got a red plaid shirt on. It looks like almost like webbing. Um, and they're beating the crap out of each other, and Dragon stops it, and they're just like, "Hey, what the hell are you doing, man?" And come to find out, they were training for the gladiatory, the the gladiator games. So <laughs> it was kind of funny. Eighty five's um, got Hulk and Thing. Eighty eight's got Thor. Ninety seven's got Thor. Again, I think those were like God issues. One oh four's got Batman and Superman. One oh six got has Spider Man, Commandy, and Wolverine. Some of these things. They're just like real small background things, but you know it's just funny that Eric takes the time to draw them in. Um, 109 is a favorite of mine. This is um, Ben Blank. I don't know if you guys remember that character. He turns into the Lummox, the big purple guy. And basically, Eric I think was going for Ben Blank actually being Reed Richards because if uh, you read. Uh, any of the old Fantastic Four from the late 70s. Fantastic Four 182 has um, a counter-Earth Reed Richards, which I don't know if he was screwed with with the high evolutionary or whatever, but the gamma rays or whatever turns him into the brute, which is like a purple monster. and He was he became evil, so he's kind of like the evil Reed Richards. And on issue 109 of Savage Dragon, they find this Ben Blank in Dimension X, which... Uh, kind of like the negative zone and you know the marvel universe so it's implied that it's reed richards you know counter earth reed richards is actually and he looks uh, just like him he's the got the, oh yeah, yeah he's well, got you, the gray temples and the reed richards looking face yeah it's the richards. only difference i think he's got like a little ponytail on the back you know yeah yeah and when he turns into the lummox it looks exactly like the brute from from marvel comics and if you know if you guys listening didn't read this comic or weren't reading at the time, um, go online and compare uh, the cover. Do a, a Google image search for Fantastic Four 182 and then go on like the Savage Dragon wiki or just do a Google of Savage Dragon 109. So Fantastic Four 182, compare that to Savage Dragon 109 and it's it's pretty much an homage to, to, to the... To oh the, yeah. Um, you know what? If you Google image search it, they're side yeah. by side already for you. Oh, uh, there you go. So that was cool. That's one of the coolest Easter eggs in, in this whole 
series, I think, because it's like implying that, yeah, that's that's uh, Reed Richards because Ben Blank, who's supposed to be Reed Richards, has got amnesia. He doesn't really know who he is. So wink, wink, pulled a fast one on you, Marvel. <laughs> that's a cool, you know, I guess I'd never known that. And I'm looking at him. Like I said, it's the second. If you Google image search Fantastic Four 182, it is literally the second image. It's that's some, cool. Somebody's made it a combo of them together. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's a great Easter egg. Yeah. Um, so moving along, 122 has got Billy Batson in it. Um, 124 is another fun one. It's Peter Parker and Aunt May. And it's kind of just like a, a gag panel where it's just like off to the side. It doesn't really have much to do with the story at all, I don't think. It's like a little circular panel. And it shows kind of Aunt May talking to Peter Parker, and she's like, you're not going anywhere unless you finish those wheat cakes. And then it just has, like, Peter with the little thought bubbles, like, I hate wheat cakes. I wish that old hag would die already. And it's just like, it's a funny <laughs> little gag. It's just like, what, what the heck? 124 is also interesting because it has a backup feature. Uh, uh-huh. It's called uh, The Reckoning, and it's a flashback to just after Cyberface was defeated. And Dragon with the other Liberty League members, they go down into the into a dungeon, and they find Joey Finkelberry having murdered oh, like yeah, yeah. all of these uh, Marvel and DC superheroes. I remember that now. Like Superman and Wonder Woman, and they're all like cropped, conveniently cropped. But it's one of those cases where you can totally tell who it is. But they basically all have just been killed by this by Joey Finkelberry, who's like the strongest in Marvel in in, in Savage Dragon. Joey Finkelberry is supposed to be the the most physically strongest character that's been introduced. So basically, he was in ripping them apart with his bare hands. Yeah, so yeah. That I, was... I always thought that was an interesting little thing, and I actually kind of wonder if those deaths are canon to Savage Dragon because it would have been after the Savage Dragon Superman team ups. So is Superman dead? I don't know. <laughs> no, he's not, and you'll find out when we review this new episode, the new the new issue. Okay. Dun dun dun. <laughs> More to come. Um, so going down this list, uh, well, one twenty-seven Superman makes a cameo. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> He's issue one, issue one thirty-eight is a fun one because all it's cameos a, are canon. Is that what we're going with? I don't know. Who knows? You know what no. I'm going with? I'm gonna say no. Soup's fought his way back from the dead once. He probably could do it again. Yeah, he somehow flew back in time around the earth backwards. <laughs> um, issue 138, Andy Cap appears, which is funny because that's like the Jack Staff issue. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's... you know, you're right. I remember seeing that because I love Jack Staff, so I love that issue. That's, that's, a, one, really... that's a world tour. And so Andy Cap's like in the background, right, of this yeah, yeah. Jack and Dragon in England. And it's kind of yep. a weird one. I, I was like, Andy Cap, what? Because he's a Brit. He, he's a he's a he's a Brit. He's a. I didn't know that. So uh, that's one... funny. Yep. It's a riot. Uh, <laughs> one thirty nine, Nova and Thing. Uh, one forty one, Billy Batson, Jimmy Olsen, and Plastic Man. One forty four is a good one. Um, that's the issue where every panel represents a day. And, uh, you know, Dragon's got a bad rap. Everyone's yelling, calling him a murderer and stuff like that. And it shows, like, Bruce Wayne and his parents leaving the theater. And just, I think they, they yell, like, 
murder or something to dragon. He just kind of like shows him like rolling his eyes or something. I don't know, but it's uh, you know, Cannon. you just imagine it's it, they're just about to get shot or something. They were jerks. <laughs> That's what you get supposed to gather. They were jerks. Yeah. Um, Billy Batson's in 152. 158 is a scene. Um, it's a pretty blatant scene. It's not just a cameo. Is it's a whole page of like. Lex Luthor and Norman Osborn at like a sidewalk cafe talking. Gwen Stacy's like the waitress, and I can't remember what's said between them at this point. But it's I like think they're, they're talking. They're, t- they're talking about like keeping their hands out of some situation. That, that it's because Overlord is back. Oh yeah, they don't want to like mess with what's going on with Overlord in the vicious circle. There's some joke I'm not remembering. The joke is. The joke is, is that, you know, they're talking about, they're making a joke on who is the secret identity of the overlord. And yeah. uh, he's like, oh, you know, rise to power. That sounds like something you do. Mocking sort of the President Lex storyline. Oh, okay. And so they're kind of both making jokes on the fact that Lex Luthor and Norman Osborn both, because at that point, Norman Osborn was in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the Marvel year. Yeah, yeah. Super Patriot kind of So basically... Thing, right? Yeah, they were sort of mocking, you know, villains rising to power and gaining control, and they were sort of drawing parallels there. It's weird that that, I knew that. That page is so just weird. It's just, (laughs) just, it's just, it's just weird because it is so blatant who they are, and they spend this entire page just chatting with each other. That's fun though. It's cool that he can do it. It's cool, but it's just a very strange page. Yeah, there's no yeah. names given, but you know exactly who it is because, you know, it's bald Lex Luthor, it's and Norman red, Osborn, red, no red one else has red. hair like Norman Osborn. <laughs> no, no one understands that hair. <laughs> I, I, to this day, I don't know what was going on. Well, well I actually, I just read about that. Apparently it was uh, Steve uh, Dicto's way of drawing a specific hairstyle, and then nobody uh-huh. else could figure out how to replicate it properly. <laughs> so it became red cornrows for some reason. So you, you just read about that? Oh yeah. Someone posted, someone wrote an article about that. No, That's awesome. Some, just some guy on a forum was talking about it. And oh, they, they posted right. a picture about it. I'll, I'll forward it to you guys. It's kind of interesting if I can find it. It's <laughs> funny what, a, it's funny what comic geeks talk about. You, know? you could go to the barber. Here's how that distinct that is. You could go to the barber and be like, give me an Osborne. And they know what to do. <laughs> you start cornrowing. I, I would not your dare head. do that. Come out looking like Little Wayne. Exactly. <laughs> Little Wayne. Terrible. <laughs> Norman Osborne and Little Wayne. Uh, um, it's obviously right. them. Like you said, there's no mistake in it. It's a funny cameo. And just to wrap it up, uh, 169 and 183 both have Billy Batson. So he shows up a lot. I think he's like a reporter or something like that. Kid reporter. I don't know. Yeah, He was a kid reporter and... In his own book, and of course, that's yeah, be what yeah. he does in Savage Dragon books. Right, right, right. So that wraps up all the unofficial character appearances that I could think of. If I miss something, scream at me, let me know. Write us, savagefincast at gmail.com. There's something that you thought was hilarious that I totally missed, let me know. Uh, if there's an Easter egg I totally skipped on, let me know. Join in. Yell at us. Have fun. So, <laughs> shall we move on to uh, the Savage Dragon 185 discussion? Let's. Awesome. I-, I thought this was a great issue. Total, total knocked it out of the ballpark. <laughs> this one's, I mean, this book is just really kicking butt lately. Yeah. 
it's setting a lot of things up. I did not see the ending coming, honestly. I thought no? there was a chance, but... I saw it coming. Did you? <laughs> I think I mentioned that last time that he was going to jail. One Spoiler yeah. alert. One stinking jerk. So this is Our, the one. This is the one with a really interesting cover with a really sketchy design, like the like the courtroom sketch. Courtroom. Yeah. would do. It's not my favorite cover, but I thought it was a neat idea. Yeah, it's a great kinda, gimmick. Kind of wish the background was a little less minimalist, but I think it really does sort of work. If you ever, I think what they're going for is don't a lot of those court reporters sort of work on. Uh, like uh, they work on the brown paper and then they'll like do line work and the white highlights. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So. So yeah, I think, I think that's, that's true. I think that's what it's going for. Sure. Yeah, I yeah, to I me, totally it's get successful. it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not my favorite cover, but it, it definitely understand what he's doing with it and it enhances the story. Um, I thought the whole uh the whole issue with the the grid panel the panel layout with like you know the the perfectly three by three small squares and one large rectangle on each page was pretty damn cool and yeah that that's and that's throughout the entire issue it's like every page has like a splash page or wait that came out wrong it's like every page has like i guess i guess it would be kind of a splash page every page is almost like i said a three by three grid with like a third of the page like one large panel yeah yeah that's except it. for like there's one double page splash and i think there's like one page with like uh four by three grid and but if you've if you've know, never but, really read dragon um you know it's like a thing sometimes he'll do is he'll like lay out like he'll have a layout challenge where he'll yeah. sort of force himself to play by a certain set of rules for an issue so that was seemed like what he was going for here, and I think it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed all the small panels because he could have really, on a lot of these, made you know three panels with like text bubbles everywhere. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's like you're watching the camera pan back, and like you're having a conversation with two guys, and there's different angles of Eric's looking at their faces going back and forth. You know, maybe some less skilled artists or lazier artists would have could have done the same thing with three or four panels but text all over the place what's 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 really cool about this issue is in a lot of respects is a lot like the every panel is a day issue mm-hmm. yeah only in this case every page is um is a moment in a day yeah yeah that's true i didn't think about it that way i didn't either. you know because a lot is, I, I believe months are passing throughout this issue i can't i don't remember specifically but it, it a lot of times sort of a lot of events occur across this issue yeah, there's no like every page is one scene. There's not any scene that lasts longer than really a page. Right. Yeah. Which is uh pretty damn cool. I didn't realize that till you just said that. But yeah, uh, it's like a scene a page. Um it's a neat way to to get through a lot of dialogue, which this this story is dialogue heavy and it deserves to be dialogue heavy. It's it's his trial, you know, and it's and there's, you know, little things going on in the, you know, with supporting cast in the background, but it's it's a pretty damn cool issue. Um, I, I definitely, yeah. I mean, given given you know the fact that it is a court case, 
I mean, it was uh, the kind of the perfect move to make that play. So when he does ever when he does finally break away from that uh, format, it really adds that extra punch because you're not expecting it at that point. So it's awesome. It's really good storytelling. Yeah, yeah. I, I like a lot of the progression that's going on with the supporting cast and Dragon in this issue. Um, you have like, you know, uh, Flash Mercury kind of waking up and you know powerhouse is there he's got his mask but he's not giving it to flash he's like you know i'm gonna hold on to this and you're gonna help me out you know and it sounds like they want to try to make mold the vicious circle more into you know uh flash's idea when he was overlord and i think powerhouse shares that same kind of idea of what they want the vicious circle to be so right it's uh no it's cool that yeah it's cool that these two characters are finally really putting their heads together because I've, uh, ever since the new Overlord, you know, became a plot thread, I I, I wanted to see more interaction with uh, Powerhouse because Powerhouse, you know, historically has expressed a lot of the same opinions that the new Overlord did. So now that Flash Mercury's out in the open and these two are hanging out together, it just it feels like a natural fit. Yeah. And more Powerhouse is always welcome. Powerhouse is an awesome character because he could definitely be a good guy. I mean, he doesn't really do anything bad besides associate himself with a vicious circle. You never see him like, yeah, doing criminal acts. I mean, he was and actually he was treated as a hero a couple times. If I remember correctly, he was actually a member of SOS in the old Image Universe before Universo ate it. That, so, was that right? I don't know. Yeah, I believe so. He was in one the. the there was a big scene when Malcolm and Angel were about ready to leave the universe. and Oh, uh, okay. So there was like, a scene right. with all the SOS members, and I believe Powerhouse and Fever here. Oh, yeah, you might be right. At that time. So it was not It was something that happened after Dragon yeah, Moon. Yeah, after Dragon Savage World. So, so yeah. It, yeah, you're right. Powerhouse has the capacity to play that hero role, you yeah, know, it, if anyone would give him any respect. Yeah, and I think that's his problem. Yeah. Chicken head is a liability, apparently. It's a chicken head. And I think, you know, Flash Mercury's kind of an idiot. I don't think he really <laughs> could control the overlord power. He, he had no right being, like, a leader of the vicious circle. I mean, he's just one of those guys, he, he kind of means well, but he's just does things all the wrong way. So it makes sense to, like, kind of have Powerhouse kind of pulling the strings, and you know, it'll be interesting to see what comes of it. I also like seeing Fever here because for some reason I've always found her as a fascinating character design. And yeah. the fact that she and Powerhouse are like in a relationship that's kind of been, you know, teased over the years. They always seem to kind of turn up together. I well, they're both God offspring, right? right? I mean, they were both in God Town in the, in the Savage World. And I believe, I think she was a stripper for a while there. For but the she, Freak Outpost, right? Yeah, the Freak yeah. Outpost. You know, so there's a story there, and I just think that their relationship's kind of neat. Yeah. So I hope we see more of that in the Fever, future. Fever being the Medusa head character, for those who don't, like, maybe just know her by name. That's true. And I guess I'm wondering, because, you know, like, you see certain characters age, like Dung and Octopus and all these other characters. She doesn't seem to really age, but I wonder if that's anything to do with her being, like, a god, god offspring. God offspring. That, that, you know, Powerhouse doesn't seem to age either, but then again... How can you really tell? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's probably pretty solid. I mean, Hercules never really seemed to show any signs of anything. Neither has yeah. Thor. So yeah, I would yeah. say so. That's that's pretty sound logic. Yep. 
I approve of your logic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of relationships, uh, we also get to see uh, Malcolm and um, Maxine. Jones Maxine, we, we, yeah, we see them gelling together <laughs> as a couple. Yeah, it, it, Eric's really good at writing like kind of like teenager dialogue. I think like they're just talking about stupid crap like Garfield yeah. and stuff. And you know, it's funny because until now, that's never really been something that he could do, and now he's really cutting loose with that sort of thing. It's just. These little moments, yeah. teenagers being teenagers. You know, it's kind of sad that ultimately it's going to be fleeting and these guys will be growing up in the next few years and right, right, right. having adult adventures. That's why you got to value this time while you got it. That's what the real-time <laughs> formats – seriously, that's why the real-time format's so awesome. No Archie yeah. for Malcolm. He's going to grow up, you know. Makes this stuff that's happening here matter more. If uh, I like um... – on this page for the readers, you know, it's the page with Maxine and, and Dragon kind of talking and they're just chilling in the grass. I like how they're going back and forth in the panels and, like, Eric just draws a panel with them in the background with, like, some dude running by. It's just kind of funny. It's just cool that he does that, you know? It just, like, mixes it up. It's not all just headshots. This, this is, is an, a it's an awesome interaction. I, I Also, I think it's funny that Maxine... Seems to be the only person who wears that sailor outfit, sailor scout. <laughs> yeah, with the socks yeah. complete with the socks are a very overseas thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of hilarious. Don't forget, she is Asian. Yeah, I mean, maybe she's an exchange student. <laughs> hot dog on a stick. Hot dog on a stick. You know, we see uh, um, Angel beating up another baddie. And uh, this page kind of cracked me up as a whole because you know, she just runs into Super Patriot, but she knocks this like bad guy looks like a mile and a half. <laughs> right. On that in that first square, and then on the last square, he's only like ten feet away. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe thirty feet. Maybe he's shrunk <laughs> to the size of a pea. That's one of Angel's untold powers. Uh. I did want to say, just I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize or jumped into the issue that I think it's the bomb. Whenever there's these weird photo backgrounds on the first page, you get that. Oh yeah, the courthouse. Yeah, the courthouse is a photo background, and like normally I hate it, but I don't know. There's something about it that's kind of cool here. I guess it's because he's always done it. It's not a weird out of place thing. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, then, I've noticed just to divulge into other comics that taking photo backgrounds and then kind of turning them into drawing backgrounds through some sort of Photoshop filter has become a thing in certain yeah. comics yeah. In, in the recent times. And it's very distracting sometimes it just does not look very good, but the, 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 you know, Eric sometimes does it. And like you said, it, you know, when it happens, it's generally brief, you know, to set the stage and it's, you know, it works. It's in this issue more than once. I'll point it out when we get to it again. I just wanted to bring that up real quick. Uh, I thought the sign that says keep off the grass is funny. You know, I, d I don't know who that jerk is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, we didn't really talk about this panel, but this is an interesting panel because it's all a bunch of – it's just a bunch of signs. Some You're talking about say, the first page. Yeah, the right. very first page. Some of the signs say free him. Other signs say fry him. So it's kind of funny to have both sides sort of mingling together. So you sort of instantly get this sensation that, you know, both sides, tensions are high. The people are divided. Yeah. Sorry to drag us back a page, but uh, those are just two things I wanted to, like, definitely remark on before we moved on. That's cool. 
So uh, do you guys think that Angel is going to join uh, this uh, SOS uh, Special Operations Strike Force team like Super Patriot's asking her to? Or do you think she's going to decline? I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure what's going to happen with her at this point. I mean, I think it'd be um, – honestly, I think something else is going to happen. She's, she's going to make some other choice Yeah. Uh, because I think just joining SOS would be too sim- too simple, too easy. Yeah, well, we know she's got to kind of get away because she's, yeah. you know, this whole thing with Frank Jr. Uh, yeah. I think that's really going to be the thing. I mean, going to SOS would just be she's still stuck in this superhero rut. So right. I think she's going to go someplace else to get away from, you know, everything familiar. I don't know. That's what she said up to this point, right? That she's going on the walkabout? Right. Yeah. Of course, her plan was to go with Frank, so... She may still do it herself. I mean, that'd probably be an interesting move. Did you guys uh, notice in uh, the courtroom scene that the Judge Coffin uh, is the <laughs> same panel from issue 155? That is an oh. Easter egg, wouldn't you say? That's sort <laughs> of a guess, recurring a... gag. <laughs> what is? You mean the panel with his face? With the... Well, the minute I saw Judge Coffin's little face there, I was like, you know, I've seen that before. <laughs> so you know like it's funny that it's a visual he's always got his little fingers and even when it's far away shots if you notice you'll see his little fingers like up in front of his face like that yeah it's kind of a recurring gag yeah and well the other recurring gag kind of like that it's like that that um we'll see him later on in this issue is uh harry uh paratestes <laughs> who's got the same face he's like the the late night talk show guy <laughs> Right, right. He's always ripping on Savage Dragon, but it's always the same exact face, cut and pasted. I think Judge Coffin is somewhat like that, like where he's always got the exact same expression. I guess. I think we've only seen him one other panel, though, honestly. I think I'm I'm a little hung up on the fact that uh, Dragon's attorney has a head that looks like a penis. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you have a dirty mind. Yeah. I can't be a part of this podcast anymore. <laughs> and that was the day Craig left. <laughs> so, a- Angel's, uh, we get more about Angel and her disappointment in Frank, because uh, Malcolm thinks that they can patch it up, but Angel's pretty certain that because uh, Tierra's pregnant, that it's over. He calls her on her bullshit, you know? She does. He does, yes. Oh, then we get some really interesting uh, litigation going on. Um, this, the uh, dialogue this, on this is awesome. Yeah, this uh, yeah. this uh, prosecuting attorney, he seems to really know what he's doing going after Dragon's history. So uh, it's, re- it's interesting because what this, is, what this is, it does two things. For one, it, it, it's you got this guy, he's basically telling you know the courtroom why dragon's a bad guy and he's a danger to society blah 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 but what it actually is is an info dump for new readers mm-hmm. in a lot of respects is that all this stuff happened we all witnessed it reading this book in this context it makes dragon look bad which is funny you know if you've been following along because in our mind a lot of these things you know they turn out for the good you know they're heroic i mean they're you know they're bad but ultimately dragon rises above it but here's this guy throwing it all back at him in a negative light so it's kind yeah. of fascinating to see the other side of you know the things dragon's done over the years 
It was awesome. I love that this guy like tears him a new one using these things. Like you said, the established plot points, you know, that we're familiar with, uh, you know, it's so funny because like, I didn't expect this to be a good lawyer story, but like, it's really good. The prosecution is so awesome in this comic. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. If you were a human in the Savage Dragon universe, I wouldn't feel so safe with Savage Dragon around. This is a guy who, you know, who uh, got knocked around a bit and came back as Kerr, who's his original incarnation. is, And really, that's the second time he went on a rampage. He got possessed that one time, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's And just not only that, even when he's not possessed, he's battling guys in the street and buildings are tumbling over. And, I mean, maybe without him it'd be even more damage, but Savage Dragon creates a lot of damage, and he's... Gotta be like, you know, if I'm sitting down in a restaurant eating dinner and Savage Dragon's like at the table next to me, I think I'm leaving that restaurant <laughs> because I don't want, you know, some freak to come flying through the window attacking Savage Dragon, you know? Like, he's gotta come off as kind of a dangerous guy to be around. All his yeah. girlfriends have died or, you know, wife. Yeah, pretty much all of them. Yeah, exactly. The Except only the way to, to survive around him is to have some kind of superpower. So hey, even then, I, it doesn't save you. Yeah, didn't save Jennifer. I do want to point out that uh, John Day Poor is Rapture. one of the jurors here. Oh yeah, awesome. Like like not even like you said, not even hidden. Like you know, in panel one he's a scribble, and the last panel, like next to last panel, he's front and center. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I thought it was cool. I I liked you know. I would imagine this is exactly how a lawyer would go after Dragon and, you know, if this was the real world or whatever. And yeah. like you said, it's funny because it's really not that hard a case to make. Yeah. We get some Frank and, uh... Tierra. Tierra. Tierra, yeah. Interaction. I'm yeah, not liking all. Tierra. <laughs> she gets more unappealing every issue. Yeah, well, she's, <laughs> she's in a bad situation. It's not her fault. She's clingy. She's a clingy jerk. I don't. I don't think so. I think Frank is really being the one who's being a jerk here. He's the one kind of trying to avoid responsibility because he doesn't want to get hung up on a mistake he made. Granted, you know this relationship probably isn't going to survive, but you know it's tough for both of them, really. Yeah, right. he, you can definitely tell that he actually doesn't love her. <laughs> yeah, you can see in this very in this uh, the sixth panel. He is really frustrated with this situation because he know he wants to be responsible, but he doesn't want to have his life, you know, end at what? How old is he? Like seventeen? Yeah. Yeah, he a baby daddy. Yeah. So uh, you know, you feel for Frank and you feel for Tierra. We'll see where that goes if we see it. It's tough. <laughs> we uh, so we get a we get a few more panels. I don't know if we want to linger too much on this, but. It's more of uh, the lawyer kind of. But we get a uh, really sweet half-page shot at Universo. He's always cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, what we're seeing is basically probably nothing. It's probably a mind's eye thing where uh, we got Rex Dexter describing a, a situation with Universo, and this is kind of what he's describing is basically Dragon punching out this world-devouring god. You know, for character witness purposes. It's an awesome way the prosecution twists it, though, because it's just quick. It's wrapped up, like you said, a single scene. This is just so much to be done in six panels. The giant yeah. panel has no words, 
But basically, it starts, and he's like, well, you know, he saved the world twice. You know, Universo would have ate the world. Prosecution's like, well, yeah, but wasn't he, couldn't you say that he was trying to make this place? Uh, save the world for who? Yeah, exactly. Like, it wasn't he trying to get this place ready for his own people? And he's like, uh, and he's like, just like, no questions. And it's like, man, that's awesome. Because really, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah. I hate yeah. Savage Dragon now. I'm convinced. And then the next page, they kind of throw Mr. Glum in his face, which, you know, for all those years, Mr. Glum lived with Savage Dragon and then eventually enslaved the world. <laughs> so uh, they throw that, you know, that cross-examining Super Patriot. So, not not uh, even Super Patriot can uh, sway the jury. You're in trouble. Yeah. I love, love, love the next page where it's like, all the reporters and news, uh, you know, news clips. On you can tell it's on a TV with those little like faded lines. Yeah. And then you see the bottom panel, and it's like the freak outpost. They're watching it on TV, and it's like all the ink splatter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know. And, and Mako is just like, and they say there's nothing good on TV. It's, see, this this is what I was talking about. Mako is here, free yeah. in a bar. So yeah, we'll see was, how he ends up in prison, yeah. Orange. Yeah, he that, looks awesome in that foot in that in that panel. Yeah, actually, yeah, I I had thought that myself when I saw it is that it was a really good shot of him. And I forget what's his name with the bolts in the head, but he's always cool. Roughneck, roughneck, yeah. I love how you know Eric does those little like scrape lines and everything. It just makes it look like a smoky, hazy freak outpost bar. You know, he always gives it that like real smoky look. Definitely props to Nikos on this page for the TV effects. But also, yeah, like you said, like even the little like details, like the fact that there's the highlight on Roughneck's red spots that kind of make it look like it's raised off of him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really, a lot of like tender love and care on this page for like the coloring. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So that's a great page. And it, you know this this next page. This is one thing I don't really get, and it's probably me kind of thinking too hard about it. We get a scene with Malcolm kind of beating up a bad guy and then tossing him in the paddy wagon for the cops. And it's like, how would that ever stand up? I mean, Malcolm's not a cop. So right. how would, you know, like, how can he help the police? I mean, first of all, you can't just be a vigilante and, and you know. Yeah, that's generally that's always generally been frowned upon in Savage Dragon is that's the whole reason Dragon was a cop to begin with is because vigilantism is was not – you know, well liked by the the police department. Yeah, I mean, it's possible he, maybe this page is to illustrate because the interaction is that they're like totally cooperating with him. They're like, "You stopped him," and then he throws yeah. him in the clink, and they're like, "Your dad was the best cop this city's ever seen." And you're right, Malcolm's totally being a vigilante here. But like, you know, in a way, I guess it's showing you know, a the cops are on you know Dragon's side, and B. You know, because of what Dragon has done, things are different for his son. Yeah. 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 I mean, That's I guess, true. you know, being a cop, you're not going to be able to do anything against this, like, super-powered freak. So you probably will look the other way if someone's willing to help you and, you know, knock this guy out for you. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't have a good lawyer. <laughs> I like that he's flipping the guy kind of like you'd flip a coin. Yeah, I was yeah. just looking at that panel. It's kind. That panel is just kind of weird looking. Exactly. The way the way Malcolm looks and like he's suddenly got skinny arms again. And it looks like he's like popping a thumbs up for some reason. 
He approves. Uh, it's just, yeah. It's just yeah. It's like he's missing a shoulder or something. Shorthand. Just, yeah. I love it, though. And I love that cop's, like, Muppet-like face. Yeah. It's a good... He looks like Beaker with a mustache or something. <laughs> <laughs> then, we, then we get to see two people we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, Chris Robinson and Alex uh, Wild. I thought you were going to say uh, Harry Paratestes and Jerry Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where's Harry Paratestes? He's a Geraldo type, right? No, Harry Paratesi is a guy with the white hair. He looks kind of like Dave Letterman with the oh. gap. If you look in every single issue he's been in, that's the same face. It's just a cut-and-paste face. There's one issue where he's in like 20 panels, and it's just the same face. Oh, never Jer- changes. Jerry Rivers is the guy with the mustache, right? Jerry Rivers is the Geraldo-looking guy with the mustache, and then like he was in like the real early issues of Savage Dragon. He had like brown hair like full head of hair i think now he's, he's just like an old dude it's funny because i guess like harry Paratestes has always looked that way with the white hair yeah and yet like like you said and he totally hates savage dragon just rips on <laughs> savage dragon like harshly in every scene and he's in never stops smiling that <laughs> uh, makes it worse yeah she looks so, alex looks a little rough right yeah, I mean, I'm kind of curious about if this scene means anything. If it's ever going to, you know, if this is just a one-off, here's where they are, she'll shut yeah. up about it. <laughs> Telling me, uh, see, he's not Overlord, shut up, Jim. <laughs> here's where they are, so shut up about it. But then again, there's that, that the sixth panel, you kind of see the TV, and it's like surrounded by like photographs. So I don't know if that actually is supposed to mean something. Or if it's just a you know a background detail doesn't mean anything. That's not that sixth panel is not anything to do with that last panel. Nah. Oh oh you're right oh that's a bar. I think it's just like a sports yeah. bar. Oh you're yeah. right shoot you're right yep never mind irrelevant. Because I don't think Alex would be saying guilty guilty guilty. <laughs> you're, yeah you're right whoops. Her hair. So yeah it's it's. And then there's like a, a third guy in their bed somewhere. <laughs> just, so yeah, okay I made a mistake. <laughs> and, and you know i think eric went on record recently uh, when we were talking about this uh, issue online that said that uh when he made the decision to have alex say uh and i never saw him again that yeah. it was not actually supposed to mean uh, we'll yeah. never see her again it was just something. for that moment in time like yeah she, yeah it was like her talking at that present time like she doesn't know right because the whole real time thing it's not right. like her narration is like forever yeah, but I I took it as that actually when I read it, but yeah, I kind of thought it was coming from like a a future point of view, like way out. So I kind of read it that way myself that it was. Uh... So I'm glad that that's not the case because who knows what'll happen now. The one guy's yeah. sign says "Slay the Dragon." <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk! And we get another scene of just like it. I guess supposedly like Angel just got off the stand, and basically it's her just being like. You know, she got screwed over. Her words got, got all twisted. She got Rex Dextered. <laughs> yeah. This, this prosecutor knows what he's doing, apparently. And then uh, there's a pretty powerful scene with Captain Stewart. Um, and he's like, you know, he's getting cross-examined or whatever. And that last, like, question from, from uh, 
the prosecution was like, would you want him being a Savage Dragon back on the police force? And it's just like, basically, he's like, silence. And then Captain Stewart's like, no. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Which is kind of like, you know, that's the stance he's had all along. Dragon was like, yeah. uh, hey, you want me to help? And he's like, nah, probably better you don't. Right. I mean, it's got to be tough because, I mean, he knows Dragon's a good guy, but he's just such a such a um, liability, liability sometimes. Yeah, he just he can't just he can't just he can't be that irresponsible. I think that's what I'm supposed to what we're supposed to take from it. It's not that he doesn't like Dragon; it's that you can't give him a pass anymore. There's a, just the thing is in Dragon's book is there are other people fighting crime without the whole like trouble around them like super patriot doesn't have these same problems well he was uh, overlord's lapdog for a while there well you know what are you a prosecutor <laughs> get out of here <laughs> well the cool <laughs> thing about savage dragon is that he's kind of like an everyday guy he makes mistakes he screws up and that's what's cool about the book he's not he doesn't always do the best thing and uh there's consequences but you know overall I think if he's not around, you know, you have the vicious circle pretty much running Chicago and Universo eats but, the world. Yeah. But uh he does make his you know, his mistakes. He's not a perfect character by any means. The other uh cool scene uh in this uh the the prosecution is kinda like when, when they're cross examining Dragon or or whatever and you know the the lawyer brings up how he uh, executed, you know, the Tyranian Combine on Vanguard's homeworld, which I'm not sure how they would know that, but see, yeah, that's that thing. How how do they know that? I I don't think they cross examined Vanguard. I'm assuming that if Dragon returned, that he had some splaining to do. That might be true. So you know, because I mean, he's he's first he did all those terrible things, then he vanished. So it's kind of like he's probably like, oh, you know, I, I destroyed the alien homeworld, and so, you know. Yeah, I just sort of see that as in a, if in a real world situation that wouldn't be admis- ad- admissible because you know just there wouldn't be any way to verify it. But I guess we're just supposed to accept that maybe they sent Reed Richards out to investigate, send out the Fantastic Four, verify. <laughs> well, basically Superman's though. Over. The lawyer, though, does kind of set it up pretty good because he's like, well, you know, the whole point he's been making the case against him that he was Kerr making a place for his people. And then he tells him, he's like, well, you know, your people have a home, right? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, so where'd that home come from? And like, you know, basically, you know, oh, you, you killed a whole race for your own people. And he's like, no questions, you know. So he's just making his case against him. Yeah, so you didn't do it on Earth, but you did it on another planet. Exactly. Of course, I got to wonder what his lawyer is doing because <laughs> I know we never, we never really see his lawyer cross-examine anybody and ask, you know, the bits that we know about. Like, yes, I killed an entire world for my people, but it was sort of infested by these same assholes who were murdering our world. Yeah. You know, so it's okay to commit genocide sometimes. I was disappointed we didn't get to see Smith, like, you know, defense. But at the same time, we did get to see prosecution tearing apart, like, witnesses left and right. So the most that he could do is try to build up Dragon's character, which, you know. 
Yeah, and as a reader, you know his character. And that's so true. You don't have to be convinced. So you you can right. kind of guess that end, and it's like you know, twenty two pages. It's just I don't think it serves a purpose really. To, to I wanted to see it, I admit, but yeah, after right. I was done, I was like, eh, you know, I see why it got skipped. I guess. But yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, he doesn't need to do the defense. We already know the defense. So really, it's you know, really smart storytelling to leave it out. Yeah, you know, economy of space and all that. Right. Does the defense have a name? Do they ever name this Peter Parker-looking type fella? Uh, I don't think so. No, he's just a jerk. I also got to wonder who's actually representing. I mean, who's actually prosecuting Dragon here? Is the it a federal case, or is it Chicago City? Or? The city, probably. It's the people versus. Can't you go, like, uh, just a crime for... Can't you just go to court for crimes against humanity? Like, that sort of thing. <laughs> like, when they catch Jeffrey Dahmer or somebody? Yeah, I honestly don't know. I, I That's a city. It's, it's, yeah, it's a city. He's destroying the city. There's. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, it's probably... It, well, if it's a civil case... Well, it'd be a criminal case because murder's involved. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I just replay one on TV. <laughs> right. We needed one. We needed one for this issue. So, um, just quick on this next scene is just basically Angel telling uh, Frank she wants him back, and he's like, eh, "I'm getting married," which kind of took me by surprise because I thought they were a little young to get married, but like, apparently yeah. not. Yeah, I mean, you mean kids that young get married, especially if sometimes if they have if they have a pregnancy involved, they generally try to, you know, get it done, get it over with. Isn't yeah. the law like? parental consent or something i mean i'm just saying it's not it's not an extremely bizarre thing right i think they're 18 i mean now that i think about it angel's like 19 right i guess so and they're in the same age group right i don't know but but i think what what this is more uh, this page is more about is is expressing that time is passing like significant because he just he she just convinced him to marry her Marrier like six seven pages ago and now it's the wedding day so i think we're right. supposed to take it as you know weeks and months have oh passed. it wasn't like two hours later right <laughs> well i guess i gotta marry you i'm gonna raise your baby so i i really like the next page for what the lawyer says is this is kind of like the easter egg i was referring to uh previously um the the prosecutor says you know this has been a circus. The defense has thrown up a lot of celebrities, all singing praises of Savage Dragon. He says, Patriots, heroes, and men of steel, people we respect and admire. So it's kind of referencing that. you, you got to imagine, he says, men of steel, that maybe Superman was up there, you know, defending dra- Dragon's character based That's on their interaction. Brass balls to cross-examine Superman. <laughs> <laughs> we saw this guy doesn't give, he, he gives no crap. He just he'll cut down anybody. Super Patriot is supposed to be this book's Captain America, so and he, he cared not. Yeah, but he's a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> Do your duty. That's a great way to end it. Shut down. Shut him down, folks. Let's see this guy in the chair. So what? This is so. Um, then we get this double page splash, which is a direct reprint of a scene from uh, Dragon War. Well, you don't want to skip the wedding, do you? Didn't we just talk about that, or did I just hallucinate that? You well, he's got that other 
Well, we we talked about it, but oh yeah, sorry. Look at this page. Uh, I know Raven. You were mentioning the other point in this book where you had that photo background. This I like is, it here. Yeah, it was cool. The church background. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Frank and Tierra get married. <laughs> and uh, you know, you gotta like Maxine. Any page with Maxine. Ba, ba, ba. It was no, it's a good page to mention on <laughs> because everybody's happy but Angel. It's like, well, they're getting married, and there's you and Maxine. I think I'll walk home yeah. alone in the snow. That's all. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like I was saying, this double-page splash is a bit of a treat because uh, I don't think we've had a 22-page dragon story in a while, although this is a you know tiny bit of a cheat. But it was this was one of the better, cooler splash pages in, that ever ran, and it's actually what I usually reference when I am say, uh, turn the page, punch through the head. This is pretty much the... the, the uh, gold standard of that i i didn't like it placed here i got it no i did it did seem kind of oddly placed but i kind of get what he was going for this is like think of it as a new reader though when you're reading through this you flip to this panel and you're like what the heck is happening right here yeah i don't know i just didn't like it i think it like the universal page it works perfectly because you got that 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 large panel and it's on the same page as like the prosecutor talking about Universo. So you know he's referencing, you know, either it's a slideshow or he's just referencing the moment and it's just, you know, a callback to you. On right. this, it's like a full fla- a full double-page splash and no, like, reference to it at all. Like, they're not, they're not talking about it on the next page or anything like that. I mean, I know it's supposed to just... It's sort of supposed to represent... This is the moment. This is what the jurors. That, this is what's stuck in their head or something. I right. This is the image that the jurors see when they see this case. Is yeah. Kerr putting his fist through an innocent's face. Yeah. I mean, I think it's. I I understand it. I don't think it's executed the greatest. I think the trouble with this particular image is that you got Dark Dragon here too, and it sort of confuses things. I would say that that's the uh, real problem is that the Dark Dragon and. I don't know. Maybe we glossed over it, but he wasn't. I don't think addressed in the any of the like previous pages. Yeah, so, just blame Dark Dragon for all this. It's his fault. <laughs> He's from an alternate universe. He's dead. Who cares? As a new reader, I don't. I don't really think that you would see Dragon punching through a woman and Dragon being on the other side, and maybe just think evil twin. You know. So for new readers, it's definitely not. I think successful for me as an established reader. I was like, well, yeah, that's. It was kind of a it was a gut punch moment. I was not yeah. expecting it, so I was like very pleased for it. But yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, as an established reader, you know where that scene came from. You but know the context. Yeah, but like I'm saying, I don't know. I always feel like you got to almost treat every issue as like someone's going to be a new reader. I, I don't know. I just, you know, it's easy for me to be to say that, you know not being a comic book creator, but I just felt like this particular scene kind of just felt out of place. I'll but, buy that. Yeah. But I'll, anyway. I'll agree with you. I think it maybe if it was like reframed as like a photograph on a, on a, on a yeah, exactly. On a bulletin like, board or yeah, something. Yeah. Like a slideshow with like someone pointing to it or like the lawyer being like, this is the savage dragon, you know, or something, you know, yeah, some kind of bubble or something referencing. So it just, cause you know, you turn the page and you're like, what the hell's going on? Savage Dragon's punching through some chick now? like, And then it's like, oh, all right. Well, I mean, I know what it was, but 
He broke out of court. <laughs> right. Found his doppelganger. <laughs> Punched through a woman. It's all kinds of crazy shit happened between the pages. <laughs> so, yeah, I after that page. He... Also, just real quick, ahead. just real quick. You know, it's yeah. really kind of, you know, it's interesting to me to have this. This page, of course, is a reprint from about 20, 25 issues ago. Right. The line work is just kind of different from what's currently going on in the book. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it because I'm not an artist. I don't have the words, but it's just it looks different. Oh, it's colored differently. If I remember correctly, this was colored by Olive. Oh, really? Not Nekos. Are you sure? So the, I'm almost certain. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. He had a little because he did a lot. Of, yeah. He did the coloring mostly through Dragon War period. Uh, all right, right, which is why yeah. And that was and that was when Nikos was doing his everything looks like it's under the made of sunlight, period. <laughs> and I preferred him, but yeah, you can you know there's just a slight difference in how this is rendered compared to you know the rest of the issue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, combination of the coloring's different, and uh, back then the line work was a little bit more you know in this well, at least in this particular scene it was more you know intricate. Right. I don't know. It's just interesting to have you know both of them right next to each other to do a direct comparison, at least to me. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, yeah, the verdict comes down. Dragon's going to prison. I love the judge coughing with his fingers up in front of his nose. Oh yeah, I didn't even notice that in the in that first panel. Off to the, yeah, off to the shoulder blade of the silhouette, the right shoulder blade of the silhouette. There's Judge Coffin, exact same pose, even from the side. I uh, I like the very last panel. It's like, you know, uh, Malcolm and Angel talking, and Malcolm goes, "Now what?" And Angel says, "Now, little brother, this is where it all goes to hell." <laughs> yeah, you gotta wonder what's gonna happen bum, next. Bum, bum. <laughs> you, you just know with Dragon out of the picture. Even temporarily, uh, you know, villains are going to try to take advantage of the situation. Granted, I mean, Dragon's been out of the picture for a while. So, maybe. I don't know. It definitely puts his kids into a bad light. You know, and their their aspirations might get, you know, derailed as a result of this verdict. It's a yeah. great, um, I think it's a great page. Even the panel with the signs outside of the courthouse, you can see that, like, you know, there's more people that are in favor of the, you know, negative testimony than there are, you know, there's like, believe him and the other sign, but like the other three signs are like, you know, kill him, you know, yada, yada. So it seems right. like even public favor is against him really. Yeah. So it's here, the, the prosecutors are seeking death penalty. So maybe, maybe that'll be the big change in 193. Maybe dragon gets the chair. See, it was funny too. He says set for May 12th. And so this book's real time. So, does that mean in May we're going to see a death sentence? Yeah, that's actually, yeah, you know, setting in May good. is actually a really good point. I mean, we could very well see, you know, yeah. the sentencing in that particular issue. Huh. Good thought. We'll keep an eye out for it. Just saying. Just saying. So, so no backup in this book? Although, no, but we do get like six pages of letters, which we haven't had a long one of those since like ever. Yeah, and, and it awesome. used to be all the time when they used to yeah. have like six pages, so that's cool. I hope it keeps up. Yeah, I don't back know if it I, will, but yeah, back when I first started reading Savage Dragon in the like the nineties and the two uh, the nineties and the early one hundreds, I know I noticed that the letter pages were like eight, ten pages long or ridiculous. 
And I'll yeah. definitely just add that, like, letter writers, um, like, this is one of the few comics that has a letters column still. And uh, really, you don't know the service that sometimes you provide for, like, just people who are randomly collecting. Uh, when I, I had a huge gap where I just wasn't getting any comics. And then when I came back to it, I was getting stuff spotty. And, you know, sometimes reading the letters column would really help me fill in the blanks. Yeah, definitely. So definitely. it's awesome. It's a good thing to write I, letters. I love when people ask questions because sometimes it reveals things that probably wouldn't have ever been revealed. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's Definitely. it's cool. It's it's real fun. I, I enjoy it. And when you're paying four bucks for a comic, if you can get, you know, three or four pages of letters, that's even more entertainment value. You know, it takes, you know, quite a bit of time to get through the letters. And it's hey, fun. interesting. On um, second to... Second to last letters page, uh, this guy Sean asks, does Powerhouse ever even age? If so, is it only in chicken years <laughs> or super freak chicken years? And Eric answered, I would suppose so. A lot of the descendants of the gods seem to age slower, but his human counterpart would certainly show signs of aging if he ever changed back. There you go. So there's See, that. guys, that's why the letters call him rocks. Right, right. That's awesome. That's good. Good find. So man. keep it up. And then the la- the back cover, next issue, Zeke, which we all know by now is uh, the writing debut of our good friend Gavin Higginbotham and Frank Fosco on art chores. And Adam, right, is is lettering it or coloring it? Probably or? has some going on part yeah. of it. Yeah. I don't think he's coloring it. I think he's just. I think he's lettering it. Lettering. Yeah. Can't. Don't don't quote me. I like so, how uninformed we are of his involvement. And Adam you know, is there. You know, well, first, he should be here talking about it. You know, <laughs> so. now you, you, you guys have print copies. This is the back page. The very last page says, next issue, Zeke. And it's him. Just, no, I mean, is it inside or outside, outside. back page? It is outside. Yep. Okay. Back of the book. Because it's the last page of mine. And I was curious if it was on the back. So it is in the digital version? Oh, yeah. That's cool. These are scanned pencils. So that's kind of different yeah. for Frank, isn't it? See, I thought it looked a little bit different than, yeah, than, uh, you know. So I, at first, I wasn't even sure if it was Frank. It's so different. Does he do that a lot? I mean, that's kind of different for me. I yeah, mean, and I think it's just the cover because I've seen some yeah. of the previews, and I think has Adam posted some of the previews on the Savage Dragon forum? Uh, yeah. I um, it, spoiler alert. I've wait, wait. Didn't we all get it? I didn't I get it. So don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't care what it's, is. Uh, it's it's. Oh, that's right. You much... weren't here for the Frank interview, so you're not on the mailing list. <laughs> it's pretty oh. much Frank's inks look like. It, it doesn't look like scanned pencils on on the insides. Cool. It's Frank inking himself, I believe. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the final the final product is definitely what we're used to with the Vanguard backups and that sort of thing. It's just this back cover looks like it was colored uh, over pencils. Yeah, yeah. It's slobbery. Yeah. So I can't wait. I love yeah. Zeke character. And it'll be fun. I'm glad we're getting a backup that's, you know, related to, you know, the the Savage Dragon universe. And I'm just glad we're getting one related to the Rock House Diner crew. Yeah, and it's drawn by Rock Frank. And it's always fun to, you know, see Gavin uh Make his uh, 
writing debut. Yeah, I'm jealous. So yeah, Zeke next issue. That's looking something to look forward to. So speaking of next issue, yes, uh, the solicitation for 186. That issue's already upon us. The long goodbye. The next generation of the vicious circle is rising. The city of Chicago sits on the brink of destruction. With his world crashing around him, Malcolm Dragon loses the one person he needs the most, his adopted sister Angel. Now, Malcolm Dragon faces his greatest challenge ever, alone. And we'll be talking about yeah. that real soon. Yeah, that one's got a neat cover, so we'll talk about, yeah, hopefully we'll get back together again very soon and get that one out in a more timely fashion than this one. Cool. I uh, so, I really enjoyed this uh, this issue. One eighty five was a great issue. Yeah, especially if you if you're well, I highly doubt we're talking to anyone who's a new reader. But this is a really good you know jumping on point issue, just because there's just so much you know of Dragon's history, you know, brought into the uh, brought up. Right. It, right. It, it gives you the context you need to really get into what's going on in this world. So. If you know any, if you have any friends who don't read Savage Dragon, put this issue in their hands. That's my advice. I definitely Sound second, advice. Second that 100%. Cool. And if uh, there's any comments you want to make about the, the episode or anything, send us an email again. SavageFinCast at gmail.com. Yep, We'd love we'll, to hear from you. Yep. If you got any questions, we'll answer them. If you got any trivia, throw it at us. Uh, anything you want to see on the show, we want to hear from you. So, cool. See you guys next time. Thanks so much, fellas. The Savage Fincast is a part of the Gutter Trash Network and the Image Addiction family of podcasts. It can be found at either fincast.guttertrash.net or imageaddiction.net.